I wonder if you would read this aloud with me, this one verse. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I want to preach tonight about the flow. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We ask you to speak into our hearts tonight. We want your mind and uh, help us, Lord, to hear from heaven. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I can tell you, if there has to be a month with only 28 days, I'm glad it's a winter month. And not one that is in any of the other three seasons. The month of February is comprised of 28 or 29 days, depending if it is a leap year or not. And as you already know, every month other than February has either 30 or 31 days. So why is that? Well, you have to go back to the days of the Roman Imperial Caesar Augustus to get your answer. During Augustus' predecessor, Julius Caesar's days, February used to have 30 days in it. And it, the, the month of, let me say that again, February had 30 days in it, and the month of July was named after Julius Caesar. It was named after him. July had a total of 31 days. And the following month of August was named after Augustus. It only had 29 days. And once Augustus became the imperial, he added two days to his month to match Julius's monthly total and his ego. These two added days came out of February's calendar, which made February a 28-day month, except for leap year when it's 29 days long. And so, in essence, it was an ego battle between Caesar Augustus and Julius Caesar that led to February being shortchanged. Well, that has nothing to do with my message. But I thought I'd share it with you anyway. (laughs) He that believeth on me, Jesus said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Mississippi River, of which we live very near, is the 15th largest river in the world, discharging, I am told, 4.5 million gallons of water per second into the Gulf of Mexico. 
Now that's after all the tributaries from Minnesota to Louisiana enter into it. And it becomes quite the massive amount of water entering into the Gulf of Mexico. The Amazon is the mightiest river on earth. It discharges almost 3 billion gallons of water per minute at its mouth. The river's discharge is over 10 times that of the Mississippi River. It is said that one time there was a ship that was in the ocean, in the Atlantic, and they had run out of fresh water. They saw another ship and they signaled to it. They said, we need water, water to drink, fresh water. And the reply came back, dip down. Dip down. They dipped down and it was fresh water. Because from the mouth of the mighty Amazon, there is such a thrust of fresh water that it goes for several miles into the ocean in fresh water before it becomes diluted into the salt water of the ocean. It says something about the volume of a flow of a river. Rivers bring life. Wherever it goes, there is life that comes with it. It's amazing what can happen. We, of course, live in a place where there is uh, you know, the rising and the fall of, uh, of uh, some concerns for a, a, uh, cities and communities and uh, villages and homes or, or farms along the, the river, wondering how high the river's going to go and, and uh, is a flood going to be this year? And, and on and on, we, we measure the snow in the north with great concerns. Why? Because it's going to melt and it has to go somewhere. All of that snow is going to come by Hannibal someday. And, uh, and it's going to affect the rise and fall of the river here. And so we, we become very concerned about that. And everybody has their flood stories that you can tell. I, I remember the flood of 93 and uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, the, the terrible things that happened in that flood and, and uh, uh, how devastating it was when the levees broke and, and, uh, or were breached and, and uh, how that, uh, it flooded the valley and, and uh, you couldn't go to work, many people couldn't. And, and uh, those who lived across the river, and my, we have our own story concerning that because that was the year that Ryan was born. And that was the year also that my wife, her doctor and hospital and everything was arranged for the birth of Ryan at Blessing Hospital. The day came when uh, she said, I'm ready. And so we had to go to Taylor, Missouri. And there is where the hospital sent their helicopter over to pick up their patients after checked at the triage unit there. 
and uh, they came and and uh, when the helicopter arrived, I'm standing out there holding my wife's suitcase, you know, and, and I'm standing by my wife and the crew gets off the helicopter and they looked at her and they looked at me and they said to me, they said, we didn't know you was here. We don't have room for you. And so they said, uh, we'll come back and get you as soon as we can. And uh, but if we get another call, you're just going to have to wait. And so I, I, I stood there and watched them fly away with my wife to go have a baby. And I'm thinking, I hope they don't have a call. And uh, about 20 minutes later, I heard it coming back. And it was the pilot by himself. And he landed and uh, he uh, opened the door, at the, you know, on the helicopter, at the cabin area. And uh, he... Uh, showed me the seat and and uh, he proceeded to say fasten yourself in and before he shut the door he said uh, if we go down you can kick the door open and there's a flotation device under it slam and I thought what did he just say and he took off and I'm holding the seat and I'm looking out and I'm thinking go down kick the door out flotation device underneath I thought that must have been standard stuff, but boy, he sure scared me. And then, to top it off, there used to be a little grassy knoll right in the entrance area, the circle drive there where you enter, and uh, and that's where he landed. Most of the times they landed with patients on top of the roof at that time. But he landed on the grassy knoll. Somebody came over and opened the door, and I stepped out carrying my case and walked in. Everybody's looking at me like, who is this important guy here? Well, my wife was inside. Amen. Got inside. She said, false alarm. We're going home. (laughs) We got back in the helicopter and went back home. Sister Nelson, your mother, we was in revival with Brother Griggs. Sister Nelson, she heard the story. She said, it's going to be in one week. It'll be one week from tonight. And one week later, she says, I'm ready. That's our story. And it was storming. And they had grounded the helicopter. They said, you can drive all the way to Keokuk and come back around. Or you can go down to Louisiana and you can come around. We said, she's ready to have a baby. We can't. So we went to Hannibal. And I walked in. And I said, I feel like we're just victims of this flood. Because we didn't want to come here. That was my story. It was true. We didn't want to come here. Our doctor's over there. We got arrangements over there. And we can't go. So what are you going to do? Oh, they said, Mr. Axon, we'd love to have your business. And uh, it wasn't me, it was her. But uh, they told me, they said, we'd love to have your business. As soon as the office is open in the morning, we'll talk to my manager and see what we can do. And I I tell you, folks, uh, they came to me and they said, Mr. Axon, can you pay $330 today and then twice more in a monthly payment of just $330? I said, yes. Well, they says, if you'll do that, your bill will be paid in full. Ryan became our cheapest baby. It was a blessing in disguise. Oh, I forgot. That was the rest of the story. They said, as long as your wife gets out within 24 hours. I said, she can get out in 24 hours. This is not our first kid. This is our fifth one. She don't need any instruction. Get us out of here. And so for less than $1,000, 
it was paid in full. And I'm going to tell you, that was a blessing. God grounded that helicopter, and we had a little fun doing it anyway. Amen. So uh, is it God good? Well, I told you the flood story because we had a volume of water coming down through there, and it did all kinds of destruction. Uh, we, we had a uh, missionary that came right after that, trying to think of uh, the stewards from Liberia. Africa came right after that, and I remember driving down Highway 168 and seeing the devastation because the waters had receded, and what an amazing uh, uh, memory we have of that. We have of that, the volumes of water. One Wednesday night, there was such a flood that came, a hard rain. And uh, I remember, uh, for some reason, some stayed over uh, from church that night, and we was going to do something, have a little meeting or something, and I ran to get some pizza. I picked it up. Uh, The rain broke loose while I was in the restaurant, and I had to step across a river to get back to my car. That was just on Main Street. And uh, when I got there, and we got back, and then the next morning, the picture of the levee at North River was in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and it showed it had broken because we had eight and a half inches of rain that night, and it was devastating. Water, what it can do. I remember because uh, my my friend, Brother Fogarty, uh, used to deliver a motor route of uh, the Herald Wig, and since he couldn't cross the river, he said, Brother Axton, would you mind picking it up and doing this route? I said, yeah, I would. And so I started driving that route up around Nelsonville and out that way. And, and uh, I, I remember I, I come one after one of those floods, uh, those torrential rains, and, and here was, it was a, a gully. I don't mean just a little ditch. It had washed the road out, and it must have been 10, 12 feet deep and wide as, uh, you know, 15, 20 feet wide. It had washed it out. Where did all that water come from? When there's enough water, there is a flow of something that takes place. Listen to this. Psalms 1 and 3 talks about this. It says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We need water. And we need a water that is within us. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall seize yielding from yielding fruit. Why does it say this? It says that because the tree has been planted by the waters and the roots are getting well watered from that river. In Ezekiel 47 and verse 5 
The Bible talks about the prophet and what the Lord was telling him to do. And afterward, he measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. Uh, there is power in water. If you've never had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to go out to Cannon Dam and to visit the power center within that dam. It is an amazing uh, thing to look at, the massiveness of how uh, great a, a, a generator is pushed by that water when they release it. You walk into this, uh, the, the dam has a big room inside it. There is a, uh, the, the generators that are there, the turbines that are pushed by the water. And uh, uh, it, it's free to go see it. You ought to go see it. And, and they, they have on the wall the, their tools that they use. Uh, uh, and, and I'm talking uh, uh, a, an open-end wrench that uh, is as wide as this pulpit or more. It's, it's, it's enormous. It takes a crane of some sort to pick the tool up. Uh, that's how massive uh, the, the unit is there and, and uh, the, the equipment that they have to use. Um, and uh, you don't see the water. It's all something that is enclosed, but you see the head of this turban. Uh, you see the, the, how huge it is, and you think of the water that's behind there. And when that water is released, uh, what it will do. Uh, amen. Uh, oh, there's something about the running power of that, um, uh, that, that makes the electricity. Uh, I, I'm telling you, uh, there's something uh, uh, great about what water can do. Uh, Jesus said this uh, when he was uh, uh, on that day, they were talking about um, water um, that was to be drank. Um, they were talking about water um, that was remembered and how God had provided for them. It was on that last day, that great day of the feast, that they had gathered. It is said that it was on that day, the Feast of Tabernacles. They are remembering, they're remembering on this eighth day, the last day. It's because that's when they would build an altar, an altar that the priest would climb upon. And he would take water and he would pour it out upon that altar. It was signifying when they were in the wilderness and they were without water, how that the Lord provided water for them. And when you think of it, it wasn't a water fountain that God gave them. He gave them a river. Amen. That flowed for them. It had to be. If there was uh, uh, enough people, they say, that would match the population of Chicago proper. Uh, it was uh, uh, a million, two or three million people. I don't know. It's been speculated how many. Even if it was just take the lesser number of one million. Do you know how much water it would take to make one million people lose their thirst? Uh, how uh, To quench their thirst? Uh, how much water would it take uh, when that water flowed? 
flowed. It was like a river. And it was at that time when they are remembering this moment in this sacred ceremony, this ritual, this time when they are remembering what the priest is doing and bringing to their memory a great historical moment when water flowed out of the rock. Amen. Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. It's living water we're talking about. Amen. A water that will quench the thirst of a soul. The water that will quench the thirst of a dry, parched soul. Amen. It's not just a trickle. It's not just a drip. Do you realize the man that was in hell. The Bible says Jesus told that story and he says let him send a cup. I just want a little, it was just, he wasn't asking for a river, he was asking for a drink. He was I'm telling you, people that are thirsty are satisfied almost with just a drop. They're, they're wanting something that, that would just help me get through this because I need something more. Oh friend, I'm going to tell you, you've got to recognize that God is for you and he wants to help you and he wants to satisfy the thirst of the soul. Would you clap your hands to the Lord tonight? <clears throat> Hallelujah. He wants to satisfy the thirst of the soul. And so we must prepare our hearts. We must. Uh, it is important that uh, uh, when rain comes. Now, we, we're, our, our ground apparently is saturated right now. And, and uh, there's no frost, I am told. And uh, so different than 10 years ago when this place was being built. Uh, there was a lot of frost that had to be removed before we could even uh, uh, put in rock uh, and, and then concrete over that. Uh, they had to remove a lot of the, the frost uh, and it wasn't just uh, two or three inches like they were hoping. Uh, it was like eight to ten or more inches and, and it was, uh, uh, they brought in jackhammers to, to, to prepare for it. Uh, I'm going to tell you when, when uh, if it rains on something solid and frozen, it just runs off. And, and uh, uh, that, that's why there's such concerns about uh, uh, the, the thaws and, and the melts and, and uh, the freezes and how that everything affects the next, uh, uh, you know, weather pattern that's going to happen. And it affects everything in such a fashion. Um, but uh, uh, when, when, you, uh, uh, when you have that, uh, uh, even in the spring, uh, the, the farmers, I don't know, I, I 
know that agriculture has changed their methods and their styles in a lot of ways. But uh, uh, the way we used to, uh, I, I remember my father doing it. Uh, uh, he would make sure that you had the ground tilled and it was ready for the rain because you wanted the moisture to go down into the every little bit counted. Uh, it was important that uh, uh, you were, uh, uh, that ground was accessible. You didn't want it to run off somewhere. You wanted it to, to go down to the roots and so you kept it, you kept it uh, broke up. You kept it to where it was going to receive that. Uh, amen. Uh, and uh, and so you prepare our hearts. Uh, the scripture speaks of breaking up the fallow ground. Uh, you, you've got to make sure that you're ready. Uh, you, you need something. I'm telling you, uh, some people are ready for change, uh, but they don't know how to prepare for change. Uh, they're ready for something to, uh, new in their life, but they don't know how to get ready for new in their life. Uh, they're still carrying the old with them. Uh, there was a brother, T.W. Barnes, uh, a prophet of God. Uh, brother Barnes had a lady come to him. Uh, this lady had been married five times and she said, I can't have a relationship with a man. And Brother Barnes said, tell me about your first marriage. And she turned red and angry and said, I hate him. I was young. He lied to me. He took advantage of me. He was mean to me. And Brother Barnes said, wait a minute. That's your problem. You never gotten over him. And you bring that spirit of conflict into every other relationship. And until you get over it, you'll never have a relationship. She wanted something she was not ready for. She wanted something. She kept dragging her past with her into it. Somebody said this. They said, don't let the devil get a toehold. Because then he will get a foothold. And it will become a stronghold. I'm telling you, the devil's not going to give up that easy. You've got to put your foot down and say enough is enough. I'm going to draw the line in my life because I want the water to flow in me. I don't want anything stopping it up. I don't want anything like that. Brother Bob Roberts has killed, trapped several beavers. Uh, this uh, season and and uh, I said there's, there's beaver at these oh yeah he said they're devastating uh, he says there is a dam out there on the uh, I think it's the North River uh, and he said there's a there's a dam out there that the beavers uh, built and and uh, they can be devastating uh, uh, to that and it it blocks the water and it'll flood the fields and, and uh, it'll cause trouble. And so they go in and they remove uh, these pests uh, called uh, the beavers uh, and uh, they trap them and, and uh, then they sell their hide and get something for it, their furs and, and uh, they get something for it and, and uh, make it worth their while also. And so it's interesting to see though uh, that uh, maybe that river doesn't doesn't do much damage until there is enough 
volume there. And until you block it, I'm telling you, there are some spiritual beavers, amen, that can get in your life. There's some things that can block the flow, amen. You might be on the downside, not the upside. You're on the downside of something where the enemy has allowed something into you. You have allowed the enemy to come into your life and to bring some unforgiving spirit or attitude. Friend, I'm going to tell you, it's the will of God for you to have a flow of the Holy Ghost. You need it fresh. You need it renewing. You need it refreshing. When we lived in Arkansas, there was a a little river, just uh, uh, not a river. It was more like a creek uh, that, uh, you know, just one of those uh, uh, dry uh, bridges they had, uh, you know, just uh, you'd rode through uh, uh, until it was uh, too much water and you had to go around another way. And it was right below the church. And, and uh, we had a storm that was just a massive storm one time. And there was an old timer. Uh, uh, he he stood up, and his name was Rudy Phillips. And and uh, brother Rudy Phillips stood up, and he had a unique way of expressing himself. He was very animated and talking, and I loved just watching him. And he said there was something different about this storm. He said that's not the usual storm. And I listened as he began to tell. He said what was different about this is usually in storms, he says, the wind blows and it'll blow, uh, uh, you know, trees over and it'll block the, the water and, and uh, it, it will cause uh, uh, the, the damage to happen because there is uh, debris that gets in the way. But he says, not this storm. This storm was different because it came and it washed out the channel. Everything that was in the way, it pushed it out of the way. It cleaned out the river. And I listened to that and I thought that is so unique. And with understanding this, I believe there's times when you need a Holy Ghost flow to come into your life and just wash your life. Wash your mind. Wash your spirit. It needs to come in like a flood sometimes. You need it somebody say amen I was reading where the great wall of China was invaded not because the enemy went over it or through it but because they bribed the gatekeeper if you move a man away from his integrity it won't matter how formidable the wall, the enemy will still get through. You are the gatekeeper of your flow in your life. You're the one that needs to watch. I've got to check it here. I've got to watch it there. There's opportunities for you to pick up offenses. There's opportunities for you to get to feeling all in a way that you, uh, you begin to lose touch with what God wants in your life. But, oh, friend, God wants to bring blessing to you. He wants to bring hope to you. He wants to bring help to you. I believe when you get up in the morning, you need to confess it. You need to say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You need to say, oh, God, touch my mind. Let my mind be free from the things that would weigh it down, that would darken my thoughts, that would darken 
the way I feel today. I've come to bring glory to you. And after a while, when you begin to feel the flow of the Holy Ghost, whoo, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Sister Brett, you and your sister both, Sister Alicia, when you all came to the Lord and God filled you with the Holy Ghost, I don't know what it was, except it was something you both did. But you would go like this, and you would hold your belly, and you would just hold your belly, and you'd been, I would think they're feeling something. And it came to my mind, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm telling you, have you ever felt it? Have you ever felt something within you? You felt like, oh God, it's flowing. It's, it's There's a flow of the spirit that is flowing out of me. I'm telling you, that's what Eric was talking about tonight. When people will say, I feel something when I'm around you. They ought to because there's a flow of the spirit. You'll change the atmosphere of a room when you got the Holy Ghost flowing through you. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil rewards fear. Just like the Lord rewards faith. Fear is the devil's faith. Take off your shoes, Moses. Don't run from me. You're on holy ground. Stop running when I show up. Amen. Why? Because I'm telling you, I plan on letting faith have its reward in my life. I plan on remaining in his presence. I want what God wants in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach much longer, but I got something I want to share with you out of Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke, say it, shall be destroyed because of the anointing. We often say the anointing, what do we say? Breaks the yoke. It doesn't say break. It uses the word destroy. You see, you can put something broken back together again, but not when it's destroyed. When it's destroyed, you might as well get the dustpan out, and you might as well get the broom, sweep it up, and throw it away because it's destroyed. There's no bringing it back. But when it is just broken, you say, get the Gorilla Glue. I'm going to fix this thing. You watch how good I'm a skilled craftsman here. I'll fix it for you, baby. It's going to be all right. I know I broke it. I know I knocked it off. It was just an accident. But it's going to be all right now because I'm going to fix that which was broken. I'm going to tell you, friend, that's not what the Lord does. The Lord says, if there's a yoke on you, I don't want to just break it. I want the anointing to destroy the yoke. I want the anointing to destroy what has bound you. I want the anointing 
to do something for you. If there's something that keeps drying up the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life, I think it's time for you to take a second look at it and say, Lord, I want your spirit to flow in me. I want it. The Bible says building up, praying in the spirit, building up your most holy faith. There's times when it is good for you. As a matter of fact, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in tongues. It's not for it's not for everybody. That's not what it is. It's between you and the Lord. It's in your prayer time. It's in your time of seeking the Lord. It's not a message to the church. It's a time of seeking Him. But when you do, you'll feel a release begin to take place. There's something begins to happen. There's nothing quite more satisfying than to run a dirty, filthy car through a car wash and come out the other side and it shine like a new car. Those few dollars that you spend just to go through that thing, and it's it's worth it because it's washing off everything that corrupts that car. And I'm going to tell you, that's what I've done tonight in this service. Oh, when this praise team was leading us, I felt the glory come in this place. And I just lifted my hands and I felt like his, he's raining on me. I feel like something's being recharged and refreshed in my life. Anybody feel that tonight? I'm telling you, when it begins to happen, there's something renewing about it. And it's coming our way. Hallelujah. I, I, God will bring things to your mind when you're praying. Said, Break it. It's time to destroy it. It's time to bring it down. And he can do that for you. Hallelujah. Does anybody feel something in this place tonight? You feel the presence of the Lord. How good God is. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers. Rivers, 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 rivers. Oh, God, you're good to us. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. There's rivers in the desert. There's rivers where you live. There's rivers in your life. There's rivers. And the Holy Ghost is here today. I so appreciate his presence. What was he talking about? i tell you what he was talking about. I go back once again to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. When you read John chapter 7. And you read what I shared with you. In chapter 7 and verse 37, 38. It's verse 39 that he explains John wrote these words he said but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given give me verse 39 thank you verse 39 please son 
But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. It was the Holy Ghost he was talking about. That's what brings the water that flows in rivers. Living water that flows in rivers from within you. It's the Holy Ghost. Thank God for His presence. Thank God for His Spirit. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Praise God. John wrote the explanation. It's in parentheses in the King James Version, and I like that. Because he was explaining, this is what he was talking about. He was talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't yet given when Jesus said this. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. But now he has been glorified. That's when he died, when he was buried, and he resurrected, and he finally ascended. He was glorified. Praise God. And then the Holy Ghost came about seven days later on the day of Pentecost. And the water began to flow. Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's for us today. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.